everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Cage. I am Kyle Green, and uh, I am the host of the show. Uh, man, before we get into this week's episode, uh, which we have Justin Hood from Lagunitas on uh, to talk about the brewery, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in Minnesota right now. It's pretty fucking crazy. So for anybody that for some reason hasn't heard on Monday... An officer of the Minneapolis Police Department, uh, Derek Chauvin, I believe you pronounce his name, knelt on the neck of a gentleman named George Floyd over what was essentially the use of what was thought to be a $20 counterfeit bill at like a convenience store or something like that. And there's video footage of this happening for seven to eight minutes. And the man routinely uh, like requests, you know, for help in breathing he'd say he can't breathe and asking for his mom and it's it's disgusting the whole time the officer is like looking at the camera there's plenty of people around there are three other officers on the scene and uh, the man eventually goes limp and emts come to pick him up and it's now been found that he was pretty much dead on the scene so we have a police officer in minnesota who essentially murders a man live on camera yeah, that is disgusting. It it's nuts. I, I there, there's nothing else. I can't say anything that hasn't already been said online. Um, anyway, the Minneapolis Police Department fired the four officers in charge, and then riots and stuff have broken out, and there's looting and all kinds of other things going on. But what's happening now? Some. Four or five days later, this happened on Monday. Today's Friday. Uh, what's happening now is is insanity. There, there, there's so much stuff online that you can see. Um, you know, hundreds of police officers lining the homes of like the officers while protesters are outside. And this is something these guys should be in fucking jail. I mean, the guy clearly killed somebody in front of a crowd of people. Police officer or not. Uh, the guy wasn't doing anything. He was on the ground, wasn't resisting arrest, and he was just flat out choked to death by the knee of this asshole. And you can look into the you can look into the history of this guy, and he's he's had violence and other things associated with his record. And it's it it's one of those things where there's all kinds of any anything that he's done that's been considered outside the law. Um, has been, you know, either non-disclosed or, you know, kept sealed in terms of records. And as a police officer in any state or city, you shouldn't have to comply with the laws. You should be set to a higher standard because there's no, there's no reason that you shouldn't know the law better than anybody on the street. And there also shouldn't be any reason to restrain and detain people in this type of fashion the minneapolis police department even said that the way that he was he was deterring uh george floyd was not part of their training regiment they didn't they didn't even do it like that this is a this is a tactic he learned all on his own whether by watching mma or you know whatever and it's yeah the guy should be in jail right now and it's because he's not that these types of things are happening uh in in minneapolis and it's it's just disgusting we've seen you know similar stuff here in st louis um a few years ago and it's it's not fun for anybody uh, business owners in particular who didn't have anything to do with 
you know, this, what took place. Uh, they just happened to be in the vicinity of where the incident took place. And then looting and rioting uh, take place in, in those areas. I saw a video of regular citizens armed with ARs protecting their businesses. Uh, it harkens back to Rodney King and Koreatown when the Korean shop owners were on their rooftops with rifles, stopping rioters from coming through. You know, it good on the good on those citizens for protecting their businesses, and good on for, good on the folks for uh, coming to the aid of those businesses. There were a few guys that I saw a video of that were just huge, burly. They called themselves rednecks with ARs on their chest. Good, good finger, uh, good finger restriction. They didn't have like their their fingers over the triggers. They were just standing there protecting the business. They were they were there as like sentries to. Uh, anybody wanting to get in and they were they were not trying to start any shit they were simply there trying to protect people yeah it's nuts uh the other the other couple of interesting things that have come out of this so there's video online i'm not sure what the title of the video was but there's a video of a guy in all black walking around with an umbrella uh and a really expensive mask on he's just got a hammer and he's just casually busting windows of like an auto zone Then some guy with like a hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars comes up and like starts coming behind him. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the guy's like, he casually just starts walking away. It's really weird. It doesn't seem like this guy was part of the protest. Maybe he's just there to cause chaos and nonsense. And he could be, he could be all on his own. There's obviously online speculation is wild saying stuff along the lines of, uh, you know, maybe he's working for the police department and... This is like a whole conspiracy theory thing that, you know, he wanted to like incite violence and stuff to like help the police gain more control and be able to use more force. The police or the protest was relatively was relatively calm until all of a sudden the folks started getting tear gassed uh, in the streets. And it's yeah, it's nuts this morning, which is why I wanted to touch on this uh, CNN correspondent Omar Jimenez who was live on television. No protesters in sight, mind you. He's just surrounded by state police officers. They come up to him. They ask him who he is. He identifies himself as a CNN uh, reporter. Then they tell him that he can't be there. And they say, and the his team says, well, where would you like us to go? And they move him to a certain place. And then he just starts a broadcast talking about live on CNN that, you know, what's taking place in the area. And then maybe... 35, 40 seconds into his live broadcast, the officer leans in and says, you're under arrest and cuffs the dude on live fucking TV. He has a CNN badge. His team all have news cameras and microphones, and he's clearly reporting for a national news network, and they fucking arrest him and take him behind the state police lines. I mean, you've got to be shitting me. You have got to be fucking shitting me. And of course now he's he's back on TV some six hours after all of this took place uh, and he's been released. But one thing to think about is that this guy was a national media correspondent um, with a live camera in front of him and the police had the balls to arrest him and take him away. Now, I want you to think about one thing. Um, obviously, not all officers are like this, but 
what would have happened if he didn't have a camera on him and they would have arrested him and taken him away? Would he be released right now if he wasn't on live TV on CNN? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It certainly seems like they are taking some liberties uh, up there in Minnesota with all of this going on. Um, I do, I do uh, feel for all the people uh, of the city of Minneapolis. Um, I have friends from Minnesota, and I know that they have family and friends up there too, and I hope everybody is doing what they can to stay as safe as possible while all this is going on, um, avoiding areas where there might be problematic things taking place. But we're only in uh, day five now uh, since uh, since George Floyd was was killed. Well, let's just say murdered. George Floyd was murdered. We're only in day five of that, and I don't think it shows a lot of signs of stopping. This might go on for a little bit more time. And all while, you know, COVID-19 is a thing, and it's just, man, 2020 can suck a fucking dick, bro. Seriously. This is some hard fucking shit that everybody's having to deal with, and, you know, tensions are high. And meanwhile, Donald Trump is arguing with Jack Dorsey about fact checking his fucking ass. I mean, it's this is it's shit is out of hand, man. When when did we fall into some weird world? Man, I I I want to I want to go I want to go back to uh, the Berenstein Bears world, not the Berenstein Bears. Because this this alternate reality that we somehow all found ourselves into, thanks to the Mandela effect, is uh, is not a one that I want to not one that I want to live in. Oh, man. God. All right. So on a lighter note, uh, today's episode features Justin Hood from Lagunitas Brewing. He is a uh, field representative for them, uh, for the city of St. Louis. Uh, he's been working with the company for a little over a year now. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, I wanted to have him onto the show. We make mention uh, it, during the podcast of a book about Lagunitas, if you're interested in checking it out. Let me pull it up real quick. I got it in my library here because I bought it. Uh, it's uh, So You Want to Start a Brewery, uh, The Lagunitas Story by Tony McGee, who is the founder of Lagunitas. Uh, I bought the audiobook and I've been listening to it while I've been, while I've been working. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's really good. He has a very interesting way of, uh, of speaking and uh, telling stories. And he's, he's got some cool anecdotes and some fun stuff that he talks about. So... Yeah, definitely if you get an opportunity and you have an interest in brewing or the starting of a brewery or how that process even works or you just want to hear some fun stories from a guy who seemed he seemed like a pretty wild hippie kind of guy. Definitely <laughs> definitely uh march to the beat of his own drum. Definitely check out So You Want to Start a Brewery by Tony McGee. Uh and it's available online in every place that books exist. And if you have the opportunity, check your local bookstore, your local mom and pop, and see if they have a copy and buy it from them instead and uh, help support those folks. So without further ado, here's Justin Hood from Lagunitas. Overall, what this really surprised me was uh, kettlebells sold out. Really? Well, yeah. I guess I could kind of see that with all the gyms and everything closed. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to work out. But yeah, podcast mics was another thing. Yeah. Like the, the USB-based ones, the ones that you just plug directly into your computer and then 
you don't do anything. You can just talk into it then. It comes with all the software and stuff. Yeah. You can still find some things. I, I've been, I've been ordering from as many direct distributors as I possibly can for stuff. So like, uh, or ordering from, like, uh, like Focusrite when I wanted to get this adapter, mm-hmm. or um, when I bought my shoes, I bought them from Adidas, not from you know, Amazon or anything sure. like that. Just cause one, I don't like supporting that company right now, but two, <laughs> I've seen that like delivery of the stuff has been quite a bit better and more on like an accurate schedule. Oh really? Cause like there've been times where I've gone onto Amazon's website cause I'm like, Oh, I do really want this and I can't find it anywhere. And let me get it from them. And it's like delivery is like, Oh, expect it between June 1st and uh, July 17th, 2024. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been actively avoiding Amazon for one money reasons and two mm-hmm. because of that. A few things I've needed, I've just been like, screw it, I'll pick it up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, that it's one of the one of the interesting entities of uh, you know COVID nineteen is ordering stuff online. Yeah, I just recently signed up for uh, the uh, with Petco because I have a I have a big white fluffy cat. His name is Lloyd, um, <laughs> and I love that. and uh, like I I just got. T- honestly sick and tired of going to the store to get food and stuff for him uh but also too since like i don't drive anywhere getting kitty litter is a pain in the ass because like it's super heavy and you got to carry it around yeah but they have like that stuff's not great yeah well they have these auto ship things so like i signed up for like the petco stuff and then i signed up for like kitty litter and food and like dry food and like you just pick i want it once a week once a month once every two months and then they just auto ship you the items and stuff oh, that way. Like, yeah, which has been super easy. Uh, yeah. And I don't have to lug a 35-pound thing of kitty litter from the store to my house or, you know, call an Uber in order to get that. It doesn't sound like fun at all. No, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not. Um, so anyway, uh, Justin, tell the people a little bit about uh, who you work for and what you do. All right. Sorry, I didn't realize we were recording already. Oh, um, yeah, we've been recording, bro. We jumped right into that awesome. ship. Um, so yeah, so I am the uh, local St. Louis uh, Loginators Brewing Company sales rep, um, formerly known as a Loginator, because um, <laughs> we're Loginitas and we just have to have funky names for stuff like that. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, recently changed to more, a little bit more of a formal title to a field sales manager. Okay. Looks a little bit better on, uh, on paper. Um, but yeah, I cover the entire St. Louis metropolitan area. Um, sorry, do I need to get... No, no, you're good. You're um, yeah, so all of St. Louis, um, you know... Out there fighting for for shelf space on a day-to-day basis. Out there uh, building relationships with folks like, folks like yourself mm-hmm. and establishments like this. Fighting for tap handles left and right. Sure. And uh, drinking beer professionally these That's days. That's awesome, it dude. It doesn't suck. So awesome. So Lagunitas is one of my favorite breweries on the planet. Um, and we appreciate you for lying to me. That's no, 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 no. You know, you know, I'm telling you the <laughs> yeah, truth. No, We've I talked about this before. Uh, and uh, mainly because it, it's one of those it's one of those breweries that like I heard a bunch of cool stuff about, and then I got the opportunity to take the brewery tour in Chicago, which I fell in love with that brewery up there. Even though I got off the Pink Line L train and me and my girlfriend wandered around in oh, what boy. I considered a not very safe neighborhood it's not great. for a solid twenty minutes. I I don't know, dude. It's on like the southern side of town, south side. Not like um, super south side, but like it's like mid mid to south side. Um, but it's in like a warehouse district for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that we landed there. I mean, property yeah. is real cheap around that. Yeah, that but like the building is like the building used to be like an old ship building thing, or it had something to do with boats. So I 
I don't know that far back. Yeah. Uh, the one claim to fame that I'm aware of um, is it was a film studio previously. Oh, cool. So that um, the scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker's got all the money on fire and he slides down and whatnot. Oh, yeah. It was filmed there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, uh. And then for your cable TV purposes, uh, we are neighbors with the film studio where they shoot all of the, what is it, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, all those oh. shows. Oh, that's why there was so much Chicago Fire and Chicago PD stuff around <laughs> there. I was so confused as to what yeah. that was all about. Yep. Um, no, but the brewery's super cool. It's very inconspicuous, though. Like, I walked past it, like, twice without realizing that the Lagunitas Brewery was inside. There's no signage. Like, there's uh, yeah. no there's no yeah. nothing. It's just a door that you walk through, and then all of a sudden there's purple and green swirly yeah. lights, and you're like, what in the fuck just happened? Walking to Willy Wonka's <laughs> Chocolate Factory. Yes, and they yeah. play the song. Yeah, so I think I told you previously, like, my first trip up there was last summer for our national sales meeting, and it's got the black light going and the disco ball and the song and everything, and I'm looking at people that have been with the company for a minute, like, is this for us, or what's going on? They're like, no, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. This is just us. Yeah. I, I was there yeah. on a Monday afternoon, and it was just like, this is the weirdest thing Yeah, that, like, when I, when I was like, let's go do this brewery tour, because I was really excited to do it, because we were up in Chicago, and it was one of the things that I had on the list as a birthday gift to myself, by the way. There you go. Uh, and I walked in, and I was totally taken aback at what I got to experience that day and how yeah. it went down. It was awesome. You just keep the mindset of like you know a, a bunch of a bunch of stoners got to decorate that place with little to no supervision. I mean that makes makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely got that vibe going on. Yeah. Um, so obviously the one brewery is in Chicago. Where is the other one located? Petaluma. Petaluma. Which is about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And that one, that's the original. Um, kind of. Okay. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's, you know, the home base for us now, uh, essentially, but the original one was, um, a little shed, um, that Tony McGee rented, um, and Forrest Knowles, um, which is about a half hour ish, um, away from Petaluma. Um, he originally started it in his kitchen. Wife kicked him out of there pretty quickly. And then he was over in Forest Knowles for, I believe, about nine months uh, before the septic system backed up. <laughs> and it was a shared septic system, so uh. it wasn't just into the brewery. It was uh, all the neighbors and, and whatnot there, too. So oh, God. Uh, the county pretty quickly was like, hey, guys, time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, yeah, he ended up in Petaluma from there. Gotcha. Uh, and then there's been two different locations in Petaluma, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they outgrew the first one pretty quickly and mm-hmm. moved into where they're currently at. Kind of the same deal there, too. Like, it's... Once you get into the compound that is the brewery, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Got a nice vibe to it. But just driving past it on the street, it just kind of looks like another warehouse. Isn't it also like a ranch or something, too? Like, don't they have farmland and stuff associated There's with it? farmland neighboring it. Gotcha. Um, I would imagine we probably own some. I yeah. tell you off the top of my head. But yeah. yeah it's, it's quite the, uh, the setup. That's so cool, man. I Yeah, I'm huge, huge lugging to this fan. I can remember uh, buying the IPA. And this was like – this was because you guys were like – early on one of the earlier like mainstream ipas across the country yeah um so if you ask tony um he will tell you that uh we were the first uh northern california brewery which i mean we're kind of one of the ogs old heads um and we were one of the first ones to lead with an ipa um sierra nevada pale ale was massive already around that point in time he realized that he couldn't compete with them so uh kind of made a ramped up version of that essentially Mm -hmm. um and and ran with it that's awesome yeah what uh what was the reason for the Chicago brewery? Was it just to make a like an, have another place to make stuff or So so Tony's originally from Chicago. Oh okay. Um he always said that if you opened up a second location it was going to be somewhere in Chicago. It was from the Burbs. 
Um, so there, I mean, a handful of years ago, there was a big movement of a lot of the big national brands to open up second uh, locations on the East Coast, primarily for distribution. It's a lot cheaper to produce beer there and then ship it to that half of the country instead of brewing it in Northern California and shipping it all the way to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, so he, yeah, he wanted to land in Chicago because it was home. Um, got a great deal on the property and that, you know, the rest is history. That's been open since 2014, I believe. Nice. Still relatively new for breweries for the most yeah. part. Yeah. When when was Lagunitas like originally founded? 93. 1993, yeah. man. And how much of that was like smaller, just like home brewing stuff? Like when, when did they first start getting national? Do you know? So uh, Tony for the first year-ish, maybe a little less, did everything himself. So he was brewing the beer, kegging the beer, selling it himself, and then in his little S10 or whatever it was, throwing all the kegs in the back and selling it to um, about 20 different locations around there. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I mean, I think by 95, they were in Petaluma. And, I mean, they had to have been all, you know, all over California. I don't know how many states they were in, but, it, I mean, it, it snowballed quickly. Man, that is that's crazy to think that you he was just driving around in a truck yeah selling selling his beer himself so he was uh, oh sorry my yeah yeah just uh, pull a little closer so you can move the stand that's fine he was uh he what he was doing was brewing like private label beers mm -hmm. um so he'd come into a place like this and be like hey call it bootleg and pale ale uh whatever it was and mm -hmm. then he would just have that that tap line secured permanently essentially and would just brew to order every week um but uh yeah, it, I think by 94, he had his first employee because mm. he was still working full-time in the printing business, printing okay. sales. So he was brewing in the morning, going, and then doing the printer end of the business because he didn't want to take a loan out, didn't want to sell any interest in the business. So he was financing the entire business through his profits off of the printing. So <laughs> he tells a story in his book that, I mean, he was up at 3 a.m. brewing by 7.30, cleaning up by 10.30, and then doing the printing stuff in the afternoon. Wait, so the, the guy that owns Lagunitas has a book? Yeah. What's yeah. it called? I don't know. Uh, so you want to build a brewery. So you want to build a brewery. And what's yeah. Tony's last name? Tony McGee. Tony McGee. Yeah. I have to get that book. I, yeah. I have to read it. Is it good? Have you read it? Oh, yeah. I was actually yeah. listening to some of it this morning, kind of prepping for this. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Dude is uh, a legend. I mean, now nowadays, you can find him trapped. Well, not currently, but previously to all this, just traveling the country playing in his band. He's a musician by heart, so it's... <laughs> You know, what a life. Now that he's been able to take a step back, <laughs> I would imagine he's just smoking a lot of weed and playing a lot of music. Yeah, I was going to say, is he big pothead? Has he been? Oh, yeah. I mean, being a Northern California guy, you kind of have to smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, it's pretty well ingrained in our entire history. Yeah. 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 Not, you know, <laughs> any, I, any interesting uh, marijuana stories from the Lagunitas camp? So, yeah. So, there. have you heard of um, a beer of ours called the Undercover Investigation Shutdown Ale? <laughs> no. So, that coincides <laughs> with. Uh, I think it's the St. Patrick's Day Massacre, if I'm not correct or, or not mistaken on that. So um, once we were in Petaluma, where the brewery is currently at, um, they started throwing these Thursday get-togethers for uh, loyal accounts, just regulars at the bar, whatever it was, just live music, come hang out, free beer. You know, people might may or not have been smoking some stuff on the, uh, the grounds. But uh, <laughs> it got well-known enough that um, – the, the federal agents like took notice of it and thought we were selling weed out of mm -hmm. the brewery. So they sent undercover folks in trying to A, get us pot for over-serving people, and B, trying to buy weed from people. Um, so they'd be going on uh, like the brewery tours and whatnot, and uh, 
you know, ask some of the line guys, like, hey, like, anybody, anybody got any pot or whatever it may be? And, like, I'm not going to sell anything, man, but you can just have some. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> it, yeah. So, like, they very much admitted to, you know, having it, but nobody would sell them anything. So, um, at one point in time, they, they thought they had uh, enough evidence to, to go in and raid them. A bunch of uh, cops and federal agents came in and busted up one of these Thursday get-togethers um, and said that they were uh, conducti- conducting a disorderly house was the technical term. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I feel like I conduct one of those every day. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we actually had to shut down. Um, I can't remember for how long, a handful of months. Uh, but, yeah, we were not allowed to produce or sell beer for a good amount of time because they thought we were we were selling weed. God. So um, to celebrate, you know, the reopening of the brewery once we got our licenses back and whatnot, they brewed a super strong uh, beer called Undercover Investigation Shutdown Ale. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, there's that. There's the whole Waldo story. It's it's a whole thing. It's pretty well. well now you got to tell me the Waldo story, too. All right. So have I brought you any Waldos? I think no. We need to fix that. Um, so. Yeah, that is our uh, Imperial IPA uh, that we brew and release every year on 420. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, we're a bunch of bunch of potheads in Northern California, and uh, one of our head marketing guys at the time caught wind of a story of, like, the origins of 420, mm-hmm. like the, the weed reference. Um, so, he started doing some research and found out it was a group of guys um, that went to high school up there called the Waldos. They had named themselves that. So uh, legend has it that there was this um, treasure map that led to some like crazy weed field um, <laughs> up in the hills out there. So, of Northern California? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they would, um, every day um, at 420, these group of, I think it was like four or five guys, would get together at 420, um, smoke a J, and then take off going and looking for this crazy patch of weed. Never found it, obviously, but then sure. the, they just started referencing that to 420 and mm-hmm. then... Somehow they got ingrained with like the Grateful Dead, uh, and that that whole group picked up on it, and then the rest is history. So wow. one of our marketing guys um, heard about it and got a hold of one of the Waldos and was like, "Hey, do you guys want to make a beer with us?" And they're like, <laughs> "Awesome, why not?" And then yeah, we've released that every year since. That's so cool. Yeah. So it only comes; it's a seasonal release then. Yeah, yeah, once yeah. a year, four twenty. There's still some float around town. I'll get you a six pack. Nice. It, uh, it it'll work. It's about twelve nice. percent. So. You guys obviously, like most breweries, have you know your main releases and then your seasonals. Um, what are the main ones that people can find in grocery stores most of the time? IP fucking a. IP fucking a. Uh, yeah, that's our my, my my personal favorite. The the one that I found before anything else. I've I've had plenty of Lagunitas since then, but that one is still just it, yeah. It's I mean to me when someone says IPA, that's kind of like the standard that I measure it against. And that and that's what we're shooting for. I mean, it's been our lead dog, you know, since 95. Um it's, you know, we've got it in all 50 states, about 35 countries around the world at this point in time. So that's that's our beginning, middle and end really. Mm-hmm. Um some of the other core stuff that we've got going on is uh, a little something something, which mm-hmm. I know you're familiar with, yeah. kind of a wheat-based IPA. Um, in this market, we're looking at uh, Supercluster, double IPA, all citra hopped, so like ramped up version of this essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, daytime is kind of our session, locale, low carb option, mm-hmm. and then what you just cracked open. Which yeah, is our this hazy is the uh, the Lagunitas Hazy Wonder. Now, this is the first time I've had this. It's delicious so stuff. What uh, what all does this beer entail here? So, um, as I'm sure we're all aware, uh, as craft beer uh, conscious people, hazy IPAs are definitely not going anywhere. Mm, uh, no, that, we, that's a that is a market that that hit the hit the ground and it stuck immediately. Yeah. Um, so we we waited long enough to be like, you know what, we eventually need to get into this game. Um, so it's unfiltered IPA. Uh, Got to be really 
fruit and juice forward. Yes, it's it, I can yeah. I can, it almost like it has like a little bit of like an OJ kind of feel like yep. when you first take a sip of it. Yeah, little to no bitterness on that. Six percent ABV. It's a crusher. I tell mm. people that you know they swear to me they don't like IPAs and you give them something like that. It's an IPA for people that don't like IPAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, usually when you get people saying that they they mean they don't like the bitterness, so that's why that that trend is taken off because. It's just super, super crushable, super fruity. Um, yeah, can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, really good. Um, so, amidst, you know, because that's all anybody's talking about now is COVID nineteen and coronavirus yeah. and stay at home orders and everything. How is that affecting? the brewery for you guys i'm sure that think like gears have shifted a little bit and yeah. your focus is elsewhere now than it was previously yeah um it's it's affected the entire industry i mean as mm-hmm. it's affected every industry at this point uh but you know with bars and restaurants closed i mean that's that's a massive massive hit to any brand let alone ours i mean the amount of volume that we do with our ipa and bars and restaurants nationally is insane. Um, I don't can't quote the numbers off the top of my head, but I'd be willing to guess that, that as far as IPAs go, it's second to none. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a big volume play for us. So for me, in a day to day, I've gone from you know I'm getting around to bars and restaurants, checking in on people, making sure pe- folks are okay, and kind of seeing what the plan is as we're moving forward. But it's a lot more just fight for shelf space, making sure you got product in stock. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys remember at the beginning of the the panic of everything. It's, nothing was staying on shelves mm-hmm. so you're just the making sure that you have product on a shelf for a consumer to grab is everything right yeah. now um, yeah, it really sure. didn't i mean in some cases it didn't really matter what product it is as long as you have something people are going to buy it mm-hmm. um that, that's tapered off a bit um as things are slowly starting to open back up a little bit uh but you know if we get the second wave that everybody's talking about we could see another wave of panic buying and you know, it's it's not enough to offset all of those kegs that were, you know, going out the door, but it's definitely helped for yeah. sure. It's times like these where I wish I had a kegerator in my house oh my so God. I could just buy, like, a quarter barrel of something and Well, when you, you know, decide you want to get one of those, i got plenty of kegs to send you. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that that's just, that's, one, it's kind of a dream, uh, but, yeah, 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 put one in the Jeep. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those, like, you can go to the store and obviously there's six packs and 12s and, you know, every denomination of beer cans and bottles you can possibly have. But I feel like being able to get keg beer in your home is going to be an easier way to, yeah. you know, just make sure you have beer all the time, especially amidst all kinds of stuff like right. this. For me, on a personal note, like, because I thought about it, like, well, I could, you know, buy some kegs here or there, whatever it mm-hmm. may be, but... There's a little bit more of a gravity to it for me. Like, you know, if you got a 12-pack or a 6-pack in your fridge and you kill that over a weekend or whatever it may be, like, mm-hmm. you take that trash out. Oh, it's gone. Whatever. Like, yeah. you're taking a keg back to, a, like, uh, an See, account. You're like, oh, man, I drank an entire keg. I, like, I also feel that you just <laughs> kind of stop counting, though, when you have a keg. And, like, it's just one of those, yeah. like, you know, like, I just have beer at my house. And when it does blow, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I drank that whole thing. Right. You know, whereas, like, when you have like a certain number of bottles left, you're like, oh fuck, I drank six of like the <laughs> the twelve that I bought, and what is wrong with so my I think life? We're gathering here's so you just don't think about it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You yeah. don't think about it, and then when it pops, you're like, wow, I can't believe I di- I drank the whole thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, so has Lagunitas like said anything about like how they're shifting like? work around like do you guys still have everybody that's supposed to be working at the breweries working at the breweries or they've sent people home so uh we've been fortunate enough through our partnership with heineken that you know we financially have been able to support everybody mm-hmm. um 
Nobody's lost their job. Have uh, people still been coming to make beer, though? Are you guys yeah. still brewing so every we're, day? We're on a skeleton crew. Um, okay. They, I believe, you know, they're just shifting crews to make sure we don't, we're not at max capacity, even working on the bare bones, amount of people in each each brewery and warehouse. Uh, but, yeah, no, we've not stopped brewing beer. Uh, that mm-hmm. said, we've not kegged any beer because mm-hmm. nobody knows what the future of this end of the business looks like. Um, but, you know, it's we, we've kept going. No, nobody's shut down. There's still plenty of demand going around. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had to, to shift our focus as far as what you're, you're brewing. Um, so we've obviously focused on IPA. That's our bread and butter. That's mm-hmm. what's keeping the lights on. So we're, we're brewing that a lot more. Um, and focusing on a couple of different just core SKU items that gotcha. um, are making us money and are working. I mean, it doesn't make sense to brew a beer that, hey, we don't know if it's going to work or not. Like, you know, you're launching anything new right now is a very terrifying thing for, mm-hmm. for your bottom line. Yeah, so, un- untested waters for the yeah, most part. So just whatever we know is going to work and, and, and make sense for, for us and the consumers, what we've been focusing on. That's good. Yeah. Um, are you guys doing a lot more canning and bottling now than you were previously then because of grocery stores being... Like the primary place yeah. where you're selling stuff? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the the off-prem, you know, uh, liquor stores, grocery stores, whatnot has, have taken off. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, I would imagine we're canning. I don't know numbers or anything like that, but we're, I would imagine we're canning and bottling way more than, you know, what we had predicted we were going to be even yeah. four weeks ago. What was that? You guys were doing that non-alcoholic thing for a while. What was that called? Uh, uh, hop refresher. Hop refresher. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that still a thing that you guys are doing now? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. How's that? Been- how is that going? It's going great. Um, for for anybody that doesn't has never heard of it or never seen it, Hop Refresher is like it's like a sparkling water, but it's like hoppy sparkling water. Yeah. So it's it's literally it's just soda water and hops. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Marshall, our brewmaster, has kind of concocted a way to uh, get the yeast to feed on the the terpenes of the hops to get the the flavor and the floral notes out of it that he wants, and then kills any fermentation after that. So there's literally no alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. So it's just water and hops. Yeah, um, but it drinks so much like a yeah. like a beer though. Yeah, no, like it's crazy. It's, yeah, it was it was one of those things that you brought me and I tried and like I ended up ordering like a six pack and yeah. like yeah it, I I haven't seen it anywhere though. Um, do you it, know is it is so, it like limited like release in terms of like liquor stores and stuff mostly or um, not really um, that one since it is a little bit more difficult to uh, produce and isn't our priority um, you know as far as IPA it's never going to overtake mm-hmm. IPA sure of course um, not. so it's it's in town a li- on a little bit more of a uh, limited basis um, you know in a perfect world we would have that thing everywhere because wherever it goes in it sells but mm-hmm. uh, we got to kind of pick and choose our spots um, I think locally here Fields Foods always has it in mm-hmm. um, your Total Wines are always going to have it uh, Randall's I think is another good spot too so gotcha yeah yeah I'm gonna have to pick up some of that because I really did enjoy that that was nice to have like a little bit of a hoppy flavor without you know worrying about drinking beer all day long that's a good suds cutter yeah, yeah for sure yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean we had talked about originally how like like women that were pregnant or like people oh, that were recovering yeah. were like really drawn to it because it gave them like the sensation of drinking beer without like needing to worry about any of like yeah. The, the side effects of what potentially might come from actually doing that. Yeah, so. I, uh, I I made this one pregnant woman's day when I was sampling it out. I think at like a Whole Foods or whatever it was. She's like, you have no idea. This scratches an itch that I've had for like six months now. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, sorry, it's taken this long and you're almost done, <laughs> but it's still going to be around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been, I never thought that, you know, getting into this into the beer industry, I'd be peddling water, but uh, <laughs> it's it's damn good water and I'm happy to be getting yeah. it out there. It is damn good water. Yeah. Um, so what's on the horizon? for Lagunitas like right now I mean obviously you guys kind of have like a certain amount of things that you have planned but uh like is there anything new for the future that's coming down the pipe that we should know about um 
that's the million dollar question right now. Yeah. Um, the one that I'm really excited about as uh, recreational and medicinal marijuana go more widespread legal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've told you about this before. Our um, marijuana infused version of the hop water mm-hmm. um, is going to be a big play for us. I think, you know, if we could ever federally go legal with it, I mm-hmm. think we're primed to make a big push with that. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that hasn't you know heard of that one, um, it's called... Um, would Lagunitas then, do you think that you guys would shift and be a brewery and cannabis company at the same time? Like, would it be something that, that, I mean, because you guys seem like you, you like to party, so... Yeah, if uh, if you were to meet some of the the OGs uh, that uh, have been around since day one, I think you even did. You met uh, Pat Mason. We brought him in here. He was yeah, our, I met our, Pat. He, he was awesome. He was our first sales rep ever. He was super chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you met any of them, if we could just primarily be an IPA and then weed based company, we probably would mm-hmm. wouldn't mind making that move. Yeah, because I mean, you guys. So you have like your uh, your store online where like you have like swag and stuff like that, and. Uh, what what was one of the swag items that you had on there? Um, what what else? What do you got going on right now? We got the stash can. I mean, it is perfect for dog treats. You know, sure. we we partnered with a few uh, shelters and and donated those. Uh, we do have a vape uh, pen that you know is perfect for tobacco purposes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's a good variety of things yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, th- I think that is going to be a huge push for us. Um, we, we produce the, the water, we ship it off to the, um, dispensaries. They infuse it with, there's a 10 milligram, five milligram option. I think once we can get that federally legal, that's going to be a huge, yeah. huge thing. Is there any plan? Like, cause I know that like you've got places like Canada and things like that, that have legal like, and with being available in other countries, would you make it specifically for other countries prior to the United States? Or would you wait till the States eventually just like kind of jump in? I think... I, I, I don't know the inner workings of it, but from what it sounds like, if we can find a partner um, on the marijuana end of things that can provide the price point that we need to get to, because mm-hmm. that stuff is not cheap. I think you're looking sure. at like five ninety nine for a four-pack of the water. I've heard 15 and up for a four-pack of the, the weed water. The cannabis infused. Yeah. So if we can find a partner that can get us to the price point we need to be and um, the consistency, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we can crank that water out. Yeah. So, and we're just shipping the water. There's no booze. We don't have to worry about any regulations, anything yeah. like that. So it's just a matter of finding the right partner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... As, as much as people get more curious when it comes to the cannabis into things, I think, you know, that's going to become a huge, huge play. I mean, it's getting there, man. Like yeah. we're, we're trucking right along. Yeah. Illinois is, uh, rec- recreationally legal now. Uh, Missouri is medicinal. And yeah. I mean, how many other States have some sort of medical or rec classification available to them currently? So yeah, yeah, it's wild. Um, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a that's an interesting thing to think about for a brewery. But I, I would imagine that there's probably some other ones that are out there kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some CBD things going on right sure. now, too. Um, beer wise. I mean, again, like I said, that's a million dollar question. I think it's just trying to predict where the, the craft beer industry is going right now. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's so many people that are trying to cash in on the seltzer craze. Um, yeah. We, from what I've heard, are not going that route. I know it was entertained, but it doesn't sound like we're going to. I can't predict the future. Who knows? Maybe, you know, whatever. But it's my opinion, and this is nothing, this is aside from Lagunitas, uh, the ship has kind of sailed, I think. I think Truly is going to be Truly. White Claw is going to be White Claw. They're the, the Goliaths of, of that segment. Yeah. I think everybody else is going to have to chase down whatever the next trend is going to be. Yeah. Um, from just talking to people, doing a little bit of research, I think it's going to be a lot of health-conscious options. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've got our daytime with the low-carb, low-cal. There's just about every other national brand. Is that an ale? What is the daytime? 
Just session IPA. Session IPA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah what is it, 99 or 90 calories? 98 cal- calories for yeah. carbs per can. Nice. Pretty much a uh, McUltra. Yeah, but IPA flavored McUltra. <laughs> oh, it's so good. We do, we use the same amount of hops per barrel in that one as we do our IPA. Hmm. So it's plenty of flavor. It's not like just a watered down version of our IPA. It's got its mm-hmm. own distinct thing going on. But um, I think yeah, you're starting to see like low-cal, low-carb, hazy IPAs going out there. So it's just how many of these buzzwords can we connect together in a marketable <laughs> way and get it out there and get it out there first? Mm-hmm. Um, that is one thing that, you know, I don't know that we're ever going to be the brewery that's, you know, putting out all this crazy new stuff mm-hmm. just for the sake of getting out ahead of whatever the next trend is. Sure. Um, we've always been from the standpoint of, sure, like we'll do a hazy, but we're going to do it in our own, our own way and mm-hmm. our own price point, things like that. So uh it's yeah it, you know who knows i think it's gonna be a lot of transparency and and what you're drinking i think a lot of the the millennial consumers want to know what's in everything that they're consuming these days yeah so uh we always historically lived in kind of this like gray area of styles like a little something something what it's it's a hoppy wheat ale it's a double ipa you don't really know what it is craft beer drinkers want to know exactly what they're getting nowadays yeah it's very interesting to see yeah. like you go to you know, like an ITAP or a global brew, like one of these places that has a hundred different tap handles Mm -hmm. and the description for everything on the wall. Like, I mean, it's like, it's like reading a uh, menu at like an Italian restaurant with all the ingredients and stuff (laughs) that go into everything. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's nice to know those things, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you have a flavor profile that you enjoy. I don't need to know that this was made with, you know, honeycomb or something like that. Like it doesn't matter. And it depends on your angle too. Um, Somebody was telling me the other day that there's some brewery that said they, they sent their hops up into the atmosphere. Oh, Jesus. And then brought it back down and then brewed with it. Fucking Jeff Bezos! <laughs> God damn it! But Flying hops to the moon. To, to me, that, like, I can't remember. I wish I could remember who, who told me this, but at the end of that story, I'm like, so they just did that so they can charge you 25 bucks for a four pack. Yeah. It's just people trying to get more margin out of uh, their average product i mean that beer probably shouldn't be more expensive than anything we're selling but because you sent your stuff up in the atmosphere they're going to say it's super rare and cool and yeah I, I don't know there's there's a lot of smaller folks out there getting gimmicky for the sake of gimmick and mm-hmm. for the sake of margin mm-hmm. uh, we're never going to be that brewery good yeah. i'm glad that's <laughs> one of the reasons why i like you guys so much and there's no there's no like weird i mean it, it's very interesting to say that there's nothing behind the curtain when you oh, know you guys a lot behind the curtain yeah but but <laughs> but i mean like when like you guys are very like this is what we make this is how we do it you know like yeah. these are the things that you get you're very upfront with the product that you're offering people there's right. no like real nonsense not, and stuff involved with it we, we've never been pretentious about anything that mm-hmm. we've done i mean back when the the barrel aged beers were all the craze a couple years ago and you had to go wait in line for your bourbon county and all mm-hmm. this and that i mean our willitized imperial stout is one of the best barrel aged beers out there we're selling it significantly less than what everybody else is doing for that style of beer so we're more into the the story behind the beer and behind the people and just putting out a good quality product and having a good time yeah dude i love it that's like once again that's why i've been such a fan of lagunitas and like it it was it was very it was very much driven home when i first walked into that brewery that that first time in chicago and like i'd always known that i liked the beer and i'd always read the story of like you know like where the beer where the brewery was from and like how like there's like animals that are fed like the grains from the brewery who are then also served at the restaurant at the brewery. Like, like it's very circle of life and everything. And I was like, that's a really cool story. And then like, I started looking into the brewery even more. And then I went there and 
was just blown away. Yeah. Like it's just that's why that's one reason I I love our tour guides. They are some of yeah. the more valuable employees that we have, I think, because they are some of the best storytellers that we have. Yeah, the, and I was I was super lucky because it was it was the day it was my birthday which is september 10th so like past like the summer travel season yeah that's right add that (laughs) don't forget it um but it was after like the summer travel season and i wanted to go chicago uh this was a couple years ago because there was a big saturday night live like thing at the communications museum up there uh and they had like all kinds of props and stuff like that but the added bonus was i got to take the brewery tour too and uh there's only like two times that they do the brewery tour on Monday. It's like one and yeah, like three yeah. o'clock. And so me and my girlfriend are like, all right, let's go. So we had, we had gotten up there, spent the night and then went to go take the brewery tour at one o'clock. And it was me and it was my girlfriend and it was two other locals from Chicago. And that was it. Oh, that's there awesome. Were Those are the four, best ones. There were yeah. four of us. Yeah. And, uh, I wish I could remember our tour guide's name. I have a picture of him, but I don't remember his name. Yeah. Um, but we did the whole thing. You walk along the catwalk across like the whole brewery and everything. And like the canning line happened to be functioning that day, so oh, we got awesome. to see that do all of its stuff. And but like it was we before we even took the tour, we were hanging out in like the the pre tour room Big with purple like room. yeah with like all the crap everywhere. It's got like video games yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like we're just sitting there talking to like two guys that work at the brewery like one of them does like some sort of something and like they're just feeding us beer over and over again we got a bowl of pretzels and they're like all right you're done with that one here have this one and like i must have sampled everything that they had on tap six or seven times a piece and so like i was was, all the cool shit there too so it's nothing less than like nine percent yeah and then the one of the best things that's ever happened after the tour was over and the guy was like you know small group today really liked you guys you asked a lot of good questions here's a six pack a piece he gave all four of us a six pack was like you guys have a great day thanks for coming in so like it was such like an intimate, really cool experience for something that I was already excited about. Yeah. That I feel like I got a very special treat to be able to see that. Um, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I don't know if you know anything about this, but I remember at that brewery, they have a whole bunch of wooden barrels that are filled with like different beer and stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. Is that like testing brews? What what exactly are they doing with all of those? So it was it was hundreds of wooden wooden yeah. oak barrels. Um, I'm I'm not sure how long it's been going on, but we have a exclusive partnership with uh, Willet Bourbon. Okay. So oh, okay. the vast majority of those are going to be Willet barrels. Oh, cool. Um, depending on when you went, uh, there might have been some wine barrels sitting there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so a vast majority of them is probably for the Willetized, um, because that's a pretty mass uh, produced and distributed beer that we release every year. Um, but a lot of those are just cool one-offs. Um, yeah. we've got some, some tap room exclusives that, you know, used to be distributed nationwide that, that you, you know, just they, like sell at the brewery now. Yeah. 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 Like what, for whatever reason, they may not have performed the market the way we wanted to. So whatever, like we still think it's cool. So we brew it back at the brewery, mm-hmm. throw it in some barrels, see what happens. That's so awesome. there's, there's some cool sour beers kind of always floating around. Um, I always, anytime anybody goes up there, obviously we get them set up with the tour. I always tell them you got to try the tap room, tap room exclusive beers. Cause you're just not going to get them anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And typically they're some of the cool stuff we do. Man, I got to go to Chicago again. Yeah. Brandon John to go to Chicago again. Always. All right. Yeah. yeah. You take the Jeep up there. God. I always tell people don't, uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Can't, uh, can't ever have much plan to do afterwards. Cause you will leave with a decent buzz. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a one of a kind brewery experience i feel like because like i've been i've taken a lot of brewery tours and not 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 one of them has been like that i mean the you know the ab one is cool because it is so massive and expansive and like 
you get to see so many different aspects and they show you fucking horses in a stable and everything <laughs> like which doesn't have anything to do with brewing but yeah it's iconic you know and you want to go see the Clydesdales but yeah from a from a purely brewing standpoint then the Chicago brewery tour is is really really fun it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of fun and fun fact there is no uh weed smoking allowed at either property Interesting. Because of that story I told you earlier. Really? Because of the, yeah. the FBI story? They they stopped smoking weed anywhere near the facility? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there's a sign uh, in the Petaluma kind of like loft hangout area that says no smoking, like dot, 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 anymore. <laughs> anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that doesn't stop you from doing it off the brewery premises. So yeah. keep it up, Lagunitas. Yeah. Keep it up. As always. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right, Justin. Well, you know, it's been like 45 minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. It? You said you uh, needed to get going, so I don't want to keep you. I, mean, we uh, can I got another 20 minutes to hang out if you right, want. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump right back into it, okay? Yep. Cool. Uh, so one other thing that I want to touch on, um, okay. is, so you mentioned you've been with Lagunitas for just over a year now? A cup of coffee, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still very new. Uh, so what were you doing before all of this? Uh, so I was over at Major Brands, okay. uh, working at, in the on-premise, so selling to accounts like yours, uh, for about a year and a half down in South County. Okay. Um, and then prior to that was in bars and restaurants for give or take eight years mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it's i never thought picking up a, a barback job at 19 not knowing a single thing about the bar industry sure. would in, you know result in me ended up here but it's been a fun ride man uh so how did the lagunitas gig come about like where did that come from lots of networking yeah All um right. so i was keep keep that keep that in mind kids when you're looking for yeah, a job yeah no joke it pays to know people it pays to have friends um, so I was in your position, um, out at three Kings and to pair, uh, the buyer out there for about two years, uh, met a lot of these brewery reps through that had no idea that this was even a position prior to that. Um, you know, I had worked for the, the owner of that place for at a couple locations and he trusted me enough to take, you know, run the show. So I started being introduced to the fact that, you know, a wholesaler rep job is a career path with benefits and everything. And then, oh, you can actually go work for the brewery and make a decent salary. Like, so that opened up my eyes to everything. And pretty much as soon as I realized that that was a viable path, like I was still in school at the time and mm-hmm. thought I was going to work some desk job or whatever. But as soon as I realized I could do that viably, I was like, okay. that And that was the goal ever since. Mm-hmm. So I uh, met the market manager uh, for Lagunitas at the time. Went and did some part-time stuff for him. Uh, so I was... Just randomly, or did you reach out to them? Um, so, no. So he kind of reached out to me. We were sitting in, and talking at, at the bar one day, and uh, I let him know that I was finishing up school, kind of looking for different opportunities here mm-hmm. and there. And he's like, well, if you want a foot in the door, he's like, I have this part-time gig. It's just doing samplings at local stores and then, you know, coming to bars every now and then to hand out samples or T-shirts or whatever. He's like, mm-hmm. it's not a great paying job, but again, it's a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for four months. Okay. Um, and was actually bartending down here at the Slice Pint, mm-hmm. which is where I met Petra. Um, and then uh, kind of through that and networking through a couple other folks, got the major brands gig. Mm-hmm. Now... I say that lightly, but I think I had to interview for three different jobs there yeah. before I finally got in, um, which speaks to, you know, the, or, the company and the organization that they are. I mean, yeah, really having very picky 
yeah. uh, ideas about who they want to work with. Well, them. and there's little to no turnover because they take care of the yeah. folks. Yeah. Um, very happy and grateful for my time there. Um, but then during that time, uh, a couple of different roles opened up with Lagunitas. The first one I was nowhere near qualified for. And the what guy, was that job? Just out of curiosity. So just market manager. So, oh, okay. you know, a couple steps up from me sure. essentially now, but a lot more responsibility and required a lot more awareness of how the beer industry worked. Mm-hmm. I had none at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so credit to uh, the guy that I had previously worked for. He very politely was like, hell no, uh, but gave me a path. He's like, sorry, you're not qualified right now, but go do X, Y, and Z. And if something else comes up, then you'll be a lot more prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this job came up and again, reached out to the same guy because he's still with us. And I was like, hey, like, what, do you, what do you think this time around? He's like, yeah, go ahead and send me your resume. And then, yeah, the rest is history. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. What a... Pays deference, kids. Yeah, dude, it absolutely does. Yeah, definitely, you know, get to know as many people as you possibly can because you never know when you might need to make that one phone call that, yeah. you know, could potentially change a career path absolutely give you give you a a whole different thing that you thought you were going to be doing you know so all right enough of the shop talk what are you watching during quarantine oh man we've been talking about that multiple (laughs) times i'm glad you brought it up please tell me that you've seen the last dance uh yeah yeah yeah. the michael jordan documentary yeah yeah, yeah. i've um i've been watching it sparingly like i've kind of tuned in while doing other things uh so i definitely need to sit down and watch yes you absolutely do brandon and i talked about this on what is now last week's podcast uh and it is spectacular i highly recommend it if you weren't ready to run through a brick wall at the end of episode seven i think yeah, seven. Seven's, oh the, my God. seven's probably the best episode. Yeah. Seven is the best episode, but my favorite episode is the one where Phil Jackson, uh, or it's the one where Scotty uh, is like not playing because he's get, uh, he's having contract disputes. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just Jordan and Rodman on the team, and Rodman's like busting his ass real hard, and then Scotty finally comes back, and Rodman's like. I need yep. a break now. Yep. And I'm uh, out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I need a break now. And Phil's like, okay, you can have the weekend off. And then Rodman fucking vanishes. Yeah. And he just goes to Las Vegas and like starts fucking Carmen Electra. And the team has to come find him. It's like, not, it's like not even just the team. Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan like, goes to find him. the equivalent of like Kobe or LeBron <laughs> knocking on your door and be like, hey, motherfucker, time to come back. Like, Dude, insane. I love it. Like it's those little things that like I see and I see, like I picture them in like a movie like The Hangover or something like that. Yeah. Like they're very, very like hilarious moments in time well how about what i think it was last night where like during the finals robin takes off and goes and, oh yeah and he wrestles. skips practice yeah, yeah he skips practice to go be on uh wcw nwo like, uh nitro with Hulk Hogan. Does that today they're never living that down. the best part about that is that i remember this happening in the world of professional wrestling because i was following that more than basketball at sure. the time yeah. uh and later on at the uh bash at the no it wasn't bash at the beach i can't remember the pay-per-view i'm forgetting now carl malone and Diamond Dallas Page teamed up against Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman in a tag team match. <laughs> that literally happened. And while on the court, Dennis and Carl were having like this slug fest because they were like paired against each other. So like it was interesting to see that take place. And then they go to the world of pro wrestling to hash out their differences. Yeah. <laughs> I, that can never happen today. Like you would be cast away from the team, the league, everything is the oh, worst yeah, team like if, ever. Yeah. Yeah. The only the only people that make a successful transition from any type of sport now into wrestling are like MMA fighters, like UFC and stuff. Yeah, you get your Brock Lesnar's, your Ronda Rousey's. Um, Gronk Kane, was doing okay. Kane Velasquez. Gronk is going to be a wrestler now. Yeah, yeah. Gronkowski will wrestle. I guarantee that. How do you Once, think that's going to go? Because there there is some element of like the ability to to act. 
And like, I mean, I, he seems to just be grunk. Well, I mean, to be fair though, to be just yeah, to yeah, just yeah, be grunk yeah. can work. Like, yeah. I mean, as long as he's like kind of funny and not shitty in the ring, the fans will they'll they'll eat him up. They'll yeah. soak him in. I, Oh yeah, when yeah. he was making that out was with that girl. The, that yeah. 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 Grunt. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. Gronkowski just he. He's just himself. Like he's a party animal, and he doesn't show any shame or remorse for you know yeah. the things that he does because he's not necessarily doing anything wrong, but he's not doing anything that like people at hold athletes to like these high regards now like you got to wear suits everywhere you go right well wasn't it i think he got a bunch of shit for like dancing around at a concert on stage with like a broken arm so he had a cast on people were like oh my god he's gonna hurt himself meanwhile rodman's like wrestling during the finals and aaron hernandez is killing people uh, so i mean yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah Uh, so yeah, other than Last Dance, what have you been watching? Uh, so obviously, I saw Tiger King. Um, yeah, which I, I've heard a lot of yeah about that. I have to go back and watch it because I think I might have been caught up in the Tiger King hype. Um, but there was there was there was so much hilarity in that to me, oh, and absolutely. just like how absurd everything was. Um, there's, and I'm sure you've read it. There's a lot of like the dark side of that that didn't come out during that doc that mm-hmm. has kind of turned me off to the whole idea of it. Cause, yeah, you know, we we sat and watched the whole thing, but as this like trash TV like comedy essentially, yeah. then you find out that this dude's like a horrible human being. Like, yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, and I think I think that that goes to show that like it's not him being a horrible human being. It's these people that own these private zoos that are horrible human beings. You know. Yeah. No, like we, I, I've heard some stories. He was a horrible human being. Well, he had <laughs> he had three gay husbands that all of them say they weren't gay. Well, except for the one that passed away. But the, the two guys that were his husbands, in quotes, now say they weren't gay guys. They were just wrapped up in the tiger world. Well, and the, the original, like, documentary, documentary uh, filmer, like, he even said, Joe came to him at one point in time, was, like, saying that he didn't even know if he was gay. Yeah, they, they don't even, like, that's how crazy the man is. He's, yeah. an, he's an insane person. Um other than that, uh, not a lot of new stuff, a lot of rehashing old things. Um, watched, uh, my girlfriend had never seen 30 Rock before, so okay. we started watching 30 Rock, yeah. which is really good. I'd forgotten how funny it really is. Like, Need to get back into that. Tracy Morgan, when he was younger, was just hysterical. Yeah. Like, every time he's on camera, he, like, he just says, it's almost like the, the writer said, all right, Tracy, this is where you stand, and uh, just go ahead and say some shit. Be Tracy Morgan <laughs> for 30 seconds while the camera rolls. Yeah. And, like, try to react to what other, the other people with lines are saying. Right. You know? Um, so that was really, that's been really good. Um, I don't know. What about you, man? Uh, we, we just watched um, Upload on Amazon. Oh, I don't know about that. The producer of Office and uh, Parks and Rec. It's really, really good. Really? Okay. Like, like really, like, surprisingly thought-provoking. Very, very funny and full of, like, twists and turns. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um, Other than that, rehashing old stuff. I mean, I think we're watching The Office through again for, like, the 15th Oh, dude, I've seen it so many times now. It's crazy. Um, There's a new show on – so I got – I upgraded my phone, and when I upgraded my phone, it came with a subscription to the uh, Apple TV Plus service. Um, which, uh, which I haven't watched yet. Um, but there is a, hold on one second. There's a show that I saw that I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. It's uh, have you ever seen Master of None? Yeah. Or uh, yeah. Uh, there's another show. Uh, Little America is what it's called. Uh, and it, it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a really good comedy show. Um, and it's got like, it's by the producer master of none and like some other really like kind of thought provoking comedy, um, that's supposed to be really good. But, uh, if you don't have 
Apple TV Plus, there's a like a 14 day free trial or something, yeah. so you can you can get in on all the good stuff real quick, binge it, and then just yeah. cancel the trial. Like I I do that constantly with stuff. Like I'll stop Netflix for like six months, and then like all right, well I've I've got a back catalog of stuff I need to watch real right. quick. Let's kickstart Netflix again. I think every like subscription that I have started that way, and mm-hmm. I just never canceled. Well, the one because of the Last Dance, <clears throat> because of the Last Dance. I uh I went from just having Disney Plus to signing up for like the bundle now. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I've got like ESPN and Hulu and stuff. Honestly, those are like the three things I've been watching the most. Like I haven't watched much Netflix lately. Yeah. Um the uh Apple TV Plus thing I haven't really used at all other than just like it, it's available now and right. I saw I went through and like kind of browsed the catalog. Um but yeah, the uh the Disney Plus, Hulu and ESPN kind of like hits all of those points for me like in terms of like movies and shows that i kind of want to watch and then like i like watching like the national geographic documentaries and like marvel movies and stuff like that on like so that's a that's a nice little trifecta of stuff there but uh we've got a hbo max coming out soon which apparently there's some deal right now where if you sign up for hbo now you get hbo max for like 11 dollars for like the year or something like that it's so many streaming services it's like having fucking cable all over again i think if if you wait three years and just they're all gonna consolidate again <laughs> so like, oh yeah yeah because we're all gonna have 15 different subscriptions and some are gonna fall off or whatever and then yeah. yeah they're eventually just gonna consolidate i mean i i essentially spend on streaming platforms the same thing that it would cost me to have cable television well the the uh yeah the one the one thing that i do have to say about it though that does make it better than cable is it is all on demand yeah. Um, so I don't have to worry about, oh, shit, I missed the first 30 seconds of this or the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And now I don't know what's going on. I can just restart the episode. Right. Um, but the one thing that – so I canceled my cable subscription amidst COVID. Yeah. I, I still have my internet, but I canceled my cable television because live sports are no longer a thing. Like, I'm not – debating on getting rid of YouTube TV. Yeah, I'm not, reason I I'm not watching – Yeah. I'm not watching blues hockey because that's not around. There's no baseball. So I'm done with it. But the problem is, is now I've got all these other subscription services that I'm slowly addicting myself to. And yeah. then live sports are going to come back eventually. And now my cable cell phone or uh, uh, cable and internet bill is like $200. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah. No, I, like I said, I, I've been debating on getting rid of YouTube TV because that's the only reason that I have it. But yeah. now we're talking about states opening back up and they're talking about doing like partial seasons in one we'll city. We'll see how that craziness. goes, man. Like, I don't know. I. I don't. I don't. A lot more than what people are. I don't think. Right I don't now. think the NHL is going to reopen. I no. think they're going to call a wash on the season because it's going to be. It's going to be July before anything's ready to get off the ground, and then the season's supposed to start again in April. Yeah. Um, the NBA probably the same way. Baseball will probably get a partial season, and it'll be, you know, like like stadiumless or whatever, yeah. uh, or uh, non, non-spectator, not <laughs> yeah. stadiumless. But <laughs> you know way. what? I mean, thinking outside the box here, let's uh, do, go. Uh, <laughs> you want to you know, here's thinking outside the box. Thinking outside the box is that we have four stadiums where we do a March Madness-style baseball tournament to determine who the best team was this year. Not, yeah. not necessarily single elimination. Maybe you play everybody round-robin style, um, like – everybody in your division round robin style and mm-hmm. then it goes into a bracket and you guys play it off in a bracket and you do two or three games a piece and then boom that's our champion you can do the season in like two and a half months the players get a nice hefty break again after that but it also means that there's so much baseball content coming out in a short span that's important yeah. that people will watch it i'm not gonna watch 
90 games with nobody in the stands yeah. while they play baseball and slog yeah. along. Think of all the times that you've watched a baseball game on television and they cut to the crowd to show you something because there's nothing fucking going <laughs> on on the yeah. baseball field. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be rough, man. I think regardless of what they do, people will find a way to bitch about it because that's all people oh, on the yeah. internet do anymore. But I think the vast majority of folks will take whatever sporting event they Oh, dude, get. people are clamoring for it. Yeah. I, I'm really surprised because I had initially thought that like we were going to see a dramatic increase in the amount of like esports that ESPN was going to televise. Because yeah. they already do it a little bit. Yeah. But like I was like, oh, we're going to see Overwatch and like all these things on ESPN because they don't have anything to show. Instead, they're showing like college basketball from 1986. Then it's just some random game. Like, why did you pick this one? Wasn't uh, I think NASCAR was doing that though, right? Well, NASCAR NASCAR is actually live now. They're right, they're right, doing right. NASCAR again. Um, but like, I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you could have just had like tennis and golf. Like, golf didn't need to go away. Guys can golf on the golf course, and you can videotape it. You don't need people watching them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain PR issue with that though, because like. You're, all these golfers and their families and the training staff and the judges are all getting tested every single day. Yeah. And it's already a pretty elitist sport for yeah. the most part. Yeah, yeah. it really so, makes them seem elite. Yeah, yeah. after they're so, hogging all the COVID tests. Like, yeah, that's a good sorry, point. Sorry, Grandma, I know you need a test over there to see yeah. if you're going to die or not. The Tiger's got to play this weekend. Yeah, He's yeah. got the back nine to take it's care not of. not great. Not great. Um, no, I think the NBA did something like that for like a day. They had some tournament through 2K. Oh, like a video game yeah, tournament? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was pretty well received. But, no, I, I agree. I thought we were going to see, like, Madden Live and all this craziness yeah, and just nothing. why not? Like, yeah. get some of the best esports, like, guys that, you know, play actual sporting, sporting games. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'll watch Mortal Kombat on TV all day long. <laughs> like, I got no problem with that. Yeah. You know, if you guys are really good at Mortal Kombat, I'll watch you play it on cable. It's not a problem. Yeah. Like, it, it was just really shocking to me the route that they took. They should have just... They should have just flipped the switch to ESPN 8, the Ocho, and walked away from the studio. And it's just like, it's dodgeball, and it's slippery mountain climbing, and world's strongest man, and like, whatever the fuck else And they've been doing that intermittently, I believe. It should have just been that 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't need you to show me SportsCenter with two dudes talking about how nothing's happening. Yeah, it's been it's been rough. Like yeah. I've got just out of habit, I'll turn on you know ESPN in the morning as I'm as I'm getting ready and whatnot, yeah. and just li- listening to like Stephen A. Smith and other talking heads try to like just search for narratives to yeah. have There's a hot take about. Nothing to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I think this morning it was all just uh, the last dance like review, and they're debating over ev- like okay, first five minutes of the show debate. Next yeah, five minutes and just it's not yeah, great. of course they're well. I mean, you can't do that with the show because it's so spectacular. You have to watch it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean like. Dude, I, I hope sports comes back. I miss them. I miss hockey in particular, which I won't get to see. And the Blues were on a mad fucking hot run, too. Yeah. We were, we were well on our way to another deep playoff run this year. I think I year. saw somebody the other day made, made the point the Blues might be the last team to ever kiss the cup. Because you had to think when things come back, there's going to be no. a really strict, <laughs> like, publicly No, I don't think that's going to happen. Next year, you still get to parade it and whatnot, but like, there's gonna be a lot more safety, like sanitizing. Nah. We'll have a vaccine, and everything will go back to normal. <laughs> Here's no, it, Man, it, I hope Fa- you're right. Dr. Fauci said something like early 2021. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We let that Martin Screlly guy out of prison. He knows. He knows how to. <laughs> ma- he knows how to make vaccines. Oh. <laughs> At least he says so, and that's why the judge told him, "No, you stay the fuck inside, you liar." Uh, only the golfers would be able to afford it. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only the golfers can afford it. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, shit. All right, Justin. Well, yeah, yeah. it's been 
about an hour now, man. Uh, yeah. So let's call it a day. God, awesome. Brother, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, yeah. man. I appreciate it. I I'll I love time. I love talking about Lagunitas Brewing, and it was nice to be able to provide some insight into that for some people. Um, and I learned something today that uh, Tony McGee has a book, and I'm gonna buy it like immediately. I'll just buy it digitally, so that way I don't have to have an Amazon worker risk his life to get it to me. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will advise it's best to either read or listen to while stoned. Sweet, I can. He kind of goes. I on can tangents. accomplish that. I can accomplish <laughs> that. Does he read his own book on the audiobook, Do you know? Uh, no, it's oh, performed okay. by somebody else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, anyway, awesome. I uh, yeah. once again I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. This is Inside the Cage, and uh, it do be like that sometimes. It do be like that. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye.